What we see in Jerusalem today is not only a vindication of Isaiah, but also of the faith of Jews who sang Lachadodi in shtetls, in synagogues, in the mountains of the Galilee, and yes, in Nazi camps, who sang the song in steadfast faith and in defiance of the terror of tyranny. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 139, Isaiah the Cantor and the Sabbath Song. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. Rabbi Yisrael Meir Lau, former chief rabbi of Israel, describes in his memoir how before he and his elder brother Naftali were taken by the Nazis to Buchenwald, they were first brought to a horrific labor camp near Lodz. Forced away from his mother, never to see her again, young Yisrael Meir was utterly bereft. Suddenly he heard a familiar tune in this terribly, horribly unfamiliar place, and it came from a voice that his brother Naftali knew. Quote, The Nazis sent us to one of the miserable camp barracks, from then on, we were alone in the world, just the two of us. My older brother had sworn to protect me, taking upon himself a mission that was to prove incredibly difficult in that horrifying place. Naftali spread a wool blanket on the ground and laid me down on it. I cried, missing my mother. That was our first night in Chastakawa. It was a Friday night, the eve of the Shabbat. As Naftali lay beside me, a familiar tune from far-off days reached our ears from the end of the barracks. Cantor Yosef Mandelbaum, was singing the verse Mikdash Melech from Lecha Dodi, the traditional song for welcoming the Shabbat on Friday evenings. The tune, a distant reminder of home, allowed me to forget the events of the last few days and lulled me to sleep, end quote. Who is this cantor? What is this song with which Jews welcomed the Sabbath for centuries? And how could this cantor find it within him to arrive in a Nazi hell on Friday evening and nevertheless utilize this song to greet the Sabbath all the same? The answer begins in the scriptural sources of the song itself, and the prophet of hope, whose words embody the essence of Jewish endurance. The Jewish mystics of 16th century Tzvat have profoundly impacted Jewish practice and prayer today, and their most prominent liturgical legacy can perhaps be seen in Lachadodi, Come, My Beloved, which joins Kabbalistic concepts with a description of Jews greeting the Sabbath. The song, however, is much more than that. It is also a reflection on how the Jewish people survived the centuries of destruction and persecution, and how they continue to hope for and believe in the rebuilding of Jerusalem. The Kabbalists would sing that song in the mountains of the Galilee as the sun set over the horizon, and an ethereal beauty suffused their surroundings. But Lachadodi also swept through world Jewry, and so it was also sung in places much uglier than that. Thus the stanza that the brothers heard in that horrific labor camp speaks of the capital of Israel, the sacred city of Judah. Rabbi Lau writes further, quote, Naphtali lay next to me on the cold, damp ground, trying to warm me, when suddenly we heard the Hasidic tune. Naphtali recalled this song from Krakow, the city of his birth. The memory of his childhood permeated the atmosphere, filling him with emotion, a vestige of vastly distant times. As a child, Naphtali had gone many times to visit mother's cousin, Rabbi Ben-Zion Halberstam, the Admor of Babav, a descendant of the Sanz dynasty, who died during the Holocaust, as we learned afterward. Yossel Mandelbaum, a bub of Chassid, was the cantor of Krakow and one of the world's greatest cantors. The verse we heard him singing that night was, O sanctuary of the king, Mikdash Melech, royal city, arise and depart from amid the upheaval. Too long have you dwelled in the valley of weeping. He will shower compassion upon you. Naftali crawled over the ground toward the singing voice. It was really Yossi Mandelbaum of Krakow, encircled by Chassidim. He saw not a trace of Mandelbaum's impressive beard, which Naftali recalled from his childhood. Except for the hint of a mustache, 
Mandelbaum and all those surrounding him were clean-shaven. Only the cantor's marvelous voice remained, unmistakable, unique. Naphtali was certain he had been granted a gift from heaven. He sat down among the Hasidim and introduced himself as the son of Rabbi Lau of Pietrukov. They all knew my father and his family, as well as my mother and her family. Indeed, they knew our family's genealogy better than Naphtali and I did. They smothered him with warmth and love that night, offering a ray of light within the darkness we inhabited. As my brother later told me, Yassel Mandelbaum saw in us a reflection of his own sons who were killed along with their mother. He took us under his wing, speaking to us and comforting us in our suffering during those first days of orphanhood. End quote. So Rabbi Lau tells us, But what, we might ask, could provide the spiritual sustenance to Yassel Mandelbaum, the cantor who had suffered so, who had lost those that he loved? How could he and so many other Jews before and after continue to maintain their faith and to sing of a future rebuilt Jerusalem? The answer in part lies in what we have stressed in our past lectures, that the prophecies of Isaiah found in our chapters of consolation taught the Jews to continue to hope long after destruction. Thus, the fact that Cantor Yossel Mandelbaum was singing L'Chadodi is incredibly apt, for the stanzas of this song draw more from Isaiah passages than from anywhere else in Tanakh. It is Isaiah's declamations in our chapters that inspired this most famous Sabbath song, allowing its composer, Shlomo Alkabetz, to look far into the future, to a time when Jerusalem would no longer lie in ruins. The songwriter implores the land of Israel, or perhaps Jerusalem, kumi, shake off your dust, stand up. And that is directly from Isaiah 52, verse 2. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And then, L'chadodi continues, Hit orri, hit orri, awake, awake, kiva orech, for your light has come. And the stanza ends, Uri, uri, wake up, wake up. This is a combination of different passages from Isaiah, including chapter 51, 16. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. As well as chapter 52, verse 1. Awake, awake, Put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. And then, chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. The Lachadodi song then proceeds to plead in another stanza. Lo tevoshi veloti kolmi. Do not suffer any longer your shame or embarrassment. And this too is directly from Isaiah 54, 4. Altiri ki lo tevoshi, alti kolmi ki lo tachpiri. Fear not. For thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. Fittingly, the cantor who sang even during the Holocaust, the cantor who brought light in the midst of darkness through his rendering of L'chadodi, himself never felt ashamed of his Jewishness and always encouraged Jewish pride in Judaism, even when his enemies sought to shame him and his fellow prisoners. Rabbi Lau recalls that, quote, just as he remembered Shabbat Eve in the labor camp, Yasul Mandelbaum also remembered the Jewish holidays. One December Eve, he lit the first light of Hanukkah, fashioning an oil lamp from an empty bullet casing. He led a rousing version of Maoz Tzur, Rock of Ages, inside the barracks, and we shared baked potatoes. We felt we were among close friends, like the friends who had known our family. We knew they would take care of us as best they could, end quote. And yet, amidst these astonishing acts of faith, the evil assaults on the Jewish people continued, and the Lao boys lost their connection to this cantor. Rabbi Lao continues, quote, 
In January 1945, the Nazis sent Mandelbaum and his followers, who had come with him from Krakow, to Germany, and we lost contact with them. End quote. And Arailau adds that when he and his brother arrived in Buchenwald, they saw, on a pile of objects taken from the prisoners, a book that they had gifted to Yassel Mandelbaum. And when they did not find him in Buchenwald, they assumed that he had been murdered, as had many others. Rabbi Lau's account therefore reminds us that to sing Lechadodi, to speak with faith of future redemption, to embrace all of which the Isaiah vision assures us, is of course not to deny the suffering of the Jewish people throughout the centuries, the evil inflicted upon them. Indeed, in the very midst of his prophecies here that are redolent with hope and consolation, Isaiah suddenly temporarily turns his focus to pain and persecution in chapter 53, where he speaks in the name of God of Avdi, my servant, describing a servant of God, oppressed, tortured, inflicted with wounds. Of whom does the prophet speak? I have seen it suggested by some Jewish scholars that the reference here is to Isaiah himself, who, according to Jewish tradition, was murdered by Menashe, the wicked son of Hezekiah. But Isaiah's passage makes it quite clear that this is not about a murdered martyr, for we have a description of this servant in verse 10 of the chapter. Yireh zera yarich yamim, he will see children and live long days. The most logical explanation, as most medieval Jewish exegetes argue, is that here the prophet, as he does elsewhere in the book, speaks of the Jewish people in collectivity as the servant of the Almighty. It is the Jewish people Isaiah predicts, that will suffer so, the Jewish people that will be tortured so cruelly, and that will suffer so many deaths. But it is the Jewish people that God guarantees will still live long days, the Jewish people that, despite all the efforts of their enemies, will still bring children into the world. The Jewish people, the servant of God, will endure. And if anything embodies this, ladies and gentlemen, it is the fact that young Israel Meir Lau, the youngest survivor of Buchenwald, found by American chaplain Rabbi Herschel Schachter hiding behind a pile of corpses would go on to be the chief rabbi of a resurrected Jewish state. And Rabbi Laos is not the only story of Jewish endurance. Forty years after his arrival in Buchenwald, Naftali Lau, Rabbi Laos' elder brother, was an Israeli diplomat whose work brought him to America, and there he went to see a Hasidic Rebbe. Rabbi Lau tells us what happened next, quote, For a family event, he went to Brooklyn to the great Beit Midrash study hall, of the then Admor of Bobov, Rabbi Shlomo Halberstam. The Rebbe treated Naftali with the utmost respect, seating him on his right, to the great surprise of the crowd of Hasidim. Most of them were unaware of the family's relationship between the Admor and Naftali. They attributed the Rebbe's warm hospitality to his respect for the official representative of the State of Israel. During the evening, the Admor and my brother conversed, and Naftali told him about Yassel Mandelbaum, who had sung the verse from Lachadodi on Shabbat Eve in Chestakoa thus unwittingly making a valuable contribution to our spiritual lives. Cantor Mandelbaum brought us back to the bosom of family despite the threatening conditions of the camp. What a pity that we lost track of him in Buchenwald, Naftali lamented. The Rebbe whispered something in the ear of one of his assistants. A few minutes later, the assistant reappeared, holding the arm of a diminutive Jew with an impressive white beard. Here is Yassel Mandelbaum, announced the Rebbe. He then asked the elderly man, who was more than 80 years old, to sing the Mikdash Melech verse from Lachadodi. Naftali listened astounded. Despite the 40 years that had passed and his diminished height, Yasso Mandelbaum's voice had not changed and remained as clear and strong as it was then. End quote. These chapters in Isaiah provided a vision of what was yet to be, a vision that sustained the hopes of Jews, helping them to survive in hopeless times. And what is amazing is that today, some of the verses in these chapters have been fulfilled. For example, 
We may today, ladies and gentlemen, sigh in annoyance when we are sitting in traffic on the way from Ben-Gurion Airport to Jerusalem, often forgetting how miraculous it is that there is such traffic. For Isaiah informs Jerusalem in 49.18, saviv kulam nikbetsu ba'ulach, Lift up thine eyes round about and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. Anyone who has entered the old city of Jerusalem on the holiday of Sukkot has discovered how hard it is even to get through the midst of the streaming crowds, and this too may embody a slight inconvenience, but it is also an astonishing fulfillment of what Isaiah spoke of thousands of years before in 49.19. Ki chorvotayach v'shomotayach v'eretz harisutech, ki ata teitrimi for your destroyed and desolate places in the land of your destruction will even now be too small for its inhabitants. What we see in Jerusalem today is not only a vindication of Isaiah, but also of the faith of Jews who sang Lachadodi in shtetls, in synagogues, in the mountains of the Galilee, and yes, in Nazi camps, who sang the song in steadfast faith and in defiance of the terror of tyranny. And if Jews maintain their faith at a time when their environment might have inspired them to do otherwise. Surely we owe it to those Jews to wonder at the vindication of their faith that has already occurred and to maintain our faith in the parts of Isaiah's prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled, marveling at what has come to pass and looking forward to all that is yet to be. This is Mayor Soloveitchik looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.